Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC podcast. Thank you for joining us. The podcast features every previous Sunday's sermon and plenty of other cool content like interviews and mini-series. Please remember to share our content and subscribe to our channel so you can stay up to date with everything that we create. You can find out more about what's happening at the church by visiting our website at mlepc.org or checking us out on our social media. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the MLEPC podcast, and we hope to see you at an event soon. Well, it is good to be gathered with all of you today and to celebrate the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Our chains are gone. We have been set free. We are turning to the passage in the Gospel of John today that talks about freedom, that truth shall set you free. Um, to, to orient us to where we are, if you remember, look, I, I, I said in my e-letter, I feel like one of those old TV announcers, when last we saw our heroes. <laughs> so way back in November, when we were studying the book of John, we did the first half of chapter 8 in John. You might remember that John 8 is famous for the, the woman caught in adultery. And Jesus says, nor do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. He sends her out in freedom. And then there's this dispute that breaks out, and we did the first half of that dispute back in November, and we're going to do the second half today. Sorry, we had to split that by so much. But the big question is, is Jesus following the law? Is he, is he a true Jew? Is he a son of Abraham and, and following him? Or is he some crackpot teacher that is, is unhinged and, and separate from anything in Jewish tradition? So there's this battle going on, and Jesus is trying to let people see the freedom that comes through the true Messiah. These are people who've been longing for the Messiah to come, and they miss him when he's, they're sta- he's standing right in front of them. So look for the word freedom today, and then what, what is tangling people up. I'm going to start with Psalm 119, the, the psalm that is all about the Word of God. This is Psalm 119, verses 41 to 48. May your unfailing love, Lord, come to me, Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I can answer anyone who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take your word of truth from my mouth, for I have put my hope in your laws. I will always obey your law forever and ever. I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. I will speak of your statutes before kings, and I will not be put to shame. For I delight in your commands because I love you. I reach out for your commands, which I love, that I may meditate on your decrees. And then turning over to John 8. Again, Jesus has just been talking about all of these things with a dispute. And then a bunch of people believe what he's saying uh, and put their faith in him. And then John John 30 is is when it says that, as, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. 
I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your, from your father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we are not born out of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, then you would love me, for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Let's pray to, the, to God. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the promise of your freedom if we abide in you. Lord, I ask that you would help us to abide in your word this morning, that you would send your spirit to, to make these words come alive to us, awaken our hearts and minds and souls and spirits to the words that you're saying. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So some of you know I've done some crazy things in my life. <laughs> I've gone ziplining in a... Uh, of rainforest in Costa Rica and some other, you know, been in the Alps, I've been in Africa, I've gone on a safari, but there's one thing that's still on my bucket list that I would love to do, and that's paragliding. Have any of you gone paragliding? It looks like the coolest thing is, so there's a boat that has a tether to it, and you get to put strap on a parachute, and as the boat goes, you're flying above in the parachute. And that just seems like the coolest thing. But what happens if you cut the, the cable to the parachute. Yeah, I mean, do, do you think you're gonna be all free to go wherever you want to? Nope, there is one way you can go, and that is down. <laughs> you need that cable to keep you up in the air. And that's what Jesus is saying. If you want freedom, you need to have that cable always attached to me, always attached to that word, and then you're gonna be able to fly. Jesus wants to set us free to, to be uh, just joyful and, and overwhelmed, but he wants us to stay abiding in him. He wants us to, to, to love his word and love him as the living word, to not just turn into legalists, but to turn into lovers of God and lovers of every word that comes from the mouth of God. So as we look at this passage, this dispute between uh, the, the Jewish people that were gathered in the temple and, and Jesus, we start to see what ties us down, and we start to see what God will use to set us free. We aren't the ones who hold the key to our prison. We are the ones that, that are waiting for God to set us free, and he says that the, the true key is relationship with me and relationship to the Word of God. So imagine the scene. He's in the temple courts. They've just had the Festival of Tabernacles, and Jesus is teaching. It was pretty common for rabbis uh, to, to stand in the courts, and there, a group of people would gather around them to see what they had to say. And they would, the, the rabbi would, would teach, and there would be this question and answer kind of thing. So Jesus is sort of the, uh, an interesting rabbi, so people have gathered around. Now, the first half of the argument, there were a bunch of people there. And then, and then some separated it off. They didn't believe. They're like, this guy is full of it. We're, we're going away. But then some people stayed because they believed. So this conversation, this second half dispute, is not between Jesus and those who don't believe. They're, he's talking to them who did have a, a moment of faith where they did believe what he was saying. But he's not going to get them 
let them get away with just a little bit of surface belief. He wants them to dig in. Okay, if you believe. He says, if to those who, he, to who believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now imagine the Jewish people who had been in captivity in Egypt. They were semi-slaves even to Rome at the moment, but they had this heritage of Abraham. They felt like their, their freedom, there was, they had spiritual freedom in the, in the heritage of Abraham, and they had built all of these institutions around that faith. So when Jesus says, I will set you free, they're like, what are you talking about? We're already free. We're not slaves. And Jesus says, you know, it's not the Egyptians. It's not the Romans. It's not the Babylonians. It's sin that has bound you. It's sin that has captured you. And, and only when you let go of sin and grab onto my word, that's when you discover true freedom. I mean, they're, they're absolutely flummoxed because it, it, what Jesus is saying, he accuses them of having a different father than Abraham. I mean, that was incredibly insulting. You are illegitimate children. And they react very strongly. Like, wait a second. We're, we're from the, the children of Abraham. Of course we, we, we're in. We're in with God. But Jesus is saying just being, you know, just that, that bloodline, just that heritage is not what you're looking for. They're, they're believing in, in the bloodline of Abraham. They're not believing in Abraham's God in the relationship that Abraham had with God, they missed that point. By just pointing to Abraham, they missed the point that Abraham was pointing to God. One of, um, one of my favorite theologians, Leslie Newbegin, points out that it's not who Abraham was. He had to abandon every single shred of security to, to turn to God. He had to abandon his homeland of Ur. God said, come with me, you're going someplace else. But God doesn't tell him where he's going. He has to just go. So it's like Abraham's in the, in the parasail and, and the boat is going someplace and he's like, I don't know where I'm going, I'm just staying attached to that. And so Abraham goes to this new land Hey, there's this promise that absolutely makes no sense that he's going to have offspring that outnumber the, the grains of sand on the, on the seashore. And he's like, how is that possible? I haven't even had a son. God miraculously provides a son, and then God, his last thread of security is that son, Isaac. And God says, are you ready to let go of that too? Can you imagine that moment? Like Abraham finally sees the completion of the promise of God and God says, are you ready to let go of that too? And Abraham has gone through so much. He has seen how God has been faithful and has provided every time that Abraham has made a, a, a dumb mistake and yet God has forgiven him and provided and held onto him. And Abraham says, okay, your will be done. And he lays Isaac on the altar. Remember what happens in that moment. That, that he is trusting that God is going to provide a way out of this. And sure enough, there is a ram caught in a thicket. God provides the sacrificial lamb so that the son can be set free. So that freedom comes from that complete surrender of trust to the Lord. That it wasn't Abraham's control. It wasn't Abraham's sense of security. It was that he was holding on to God. He had nothing but God. 
But these, these people are holding on to the traditions that have been built up on Abraham. They, they've lost sight of the, of the faith and the hope and the joy of, of loving God and being free in Christ, free, free in God who is sending the Messiah. And they, they've built this castle. It's like they've built a castle on the sand. And there's a boat and a parasail out in the water, but they've got this great castle in the sand. What's the most castle-like building in downtown Pittsburgh? It's the old county jail. They built a castle that's turned into a jail. And now they are inside this, and they don't even realize that it's a prison. They don't even realize that what they think is freedom, which is security, is actually trapping them in. Their hearts, you remember uh, the great good, the Ten Commandments, number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. They love the law, they love the way that they do things, they love the institution, but they've forgotten to love God. And if they loved God, they would hear Jesus and recognize the Holy Spirit at work in him. They would recognize the work of the Father. But Jesus is saying, if you don't recognize the Father in what I'm saying, then you have a different Father. And only those who recognize the Father in me are those who, are, who have the same Father that I do. And this, of course, was extremely, extremely offensive to them. But it got, Jesus wants them to realize that that relationship doesn't come through legalism in the law. It comes through love. Paul makes this point in Romans 4. He's reminding people that, it's, that Abraham, it wasn't his, his legalistic obedience to a, a commandment. It was his love of God that sets him free and his, his belief and his trust. This is Romans 4, 1 through 3. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So Abraham is not just the father of a bloodline. Abraham is the father of those who put their faith in Yahweh, in God, the personal God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and Jesus wants them to realize that this is what the, this true spiritual heritage is supposed to be. They are distracted by this castle they built and miss the opportunity to be free in Christ. So what brings freedom to these people? What is Jesus saying brings freedom? It is, it's, it's not religious heritage, but it's truth. It's abiding in the word. As Psalm 119 says, I will walk about in freedom for I've sought, your, sought out your precepts. Are you seeking out every word that comes from the mouth of God? That is where our freedom lies. That's where we can find our rest. The interesting thing is, when we read this story, we most associate ourselves with Jesus. We want to be the ones that are standing right next to Jesus and going, yeah. <laughs> but who are we really in this story? I think we're, we're a whole heck of a lot more like the Jewish people that were gathered. We want to say, hey, you know, we have our identity. We're, you know, evangelical Christians in the big church on the hill. We're in. But that's not what Jesus is saying. It doesn't matter what, you know, if you dressed up nicely or if you're watching TV worship on, on your couch at home or if you, 
If you're in a, a, a church in a slum in Kenya, it doesn't matter what our extremities, our outward appearance looks like. It matters what our heart is. Is our heart abiding in the word? Are we, are we living in Christ's truth? Are we walking in the love of God? Are we listening for the Father's voice? Or are we going about in the institutions and trappings that we've made for ourselves? This building can look a little bit like a castle. Is it a castle of freedom, of equipping and sending out and letting you just sail and fly in life so that you can show your, your neighbors and your children and your family and your coworkers, your, your uh, fellow students, is, is, is the word equipping you and sending you out, sending that tether up so you can stay anchored in the word and let you sail? Or is this the castle that you've built of safety and as long as I'm here, I'm okay, and, and, and let's just keep the doors closed for those who are different from us. What Jesus is saying is, I will set you free. But it's sin that holds us back more than anything. The sin, I, I, one of my ethics professors in seminary would say, if you think that you've kept all of, all of the law, you've already failed at law number one. <laughs> Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. That is what our anchor is, and that's how he wants us to live. But so often we get sidetracked by other things that fill us, other things that we think will hold us and, and will, will make us happy and will make us uh, feel like we can do whatever we want to do. But those things that are not in the will of God are actually traps. They're the things that will, will grab onto us. I was talking to somebody one time who was telling me about um, a sin he was struggling with, and he was sort of trying to justify, well, I don't feel bad about it, so, you know, it must be okay. And I asked him, is it enough? Or do you feel like every time you do that, you feel like you need a little bit more? And he went, oh, wow. And Honestly, we all do that. I do that myself. Like, this, this will be a way to, you know, be my self-expression, and I'll get to do whatever I want, and yet the high that I get from whatever it is, like, we need a little bit more and a little bit more. But God wants to set us free if we abide in his word. His truth is the source of the freedom. By abandoning his truth and saying, hey, I'm free to do whatever we want, we're actually becoming slaves to sin. We're actually captured and held by those chains. We think that we're free to do whatever, but it's not freedom. It's actually slavery. I, I love the Andy Griffith show. It was set about 30, 15 miles from where my mother grew up, so it's part of the language of my family. And I saw a quote from it yesterday. Um, there, there's a hobo that comes through town and tells Andy that, that he should let Opie like, be whoever he wants to be and do whatever he wants to do. And then Andy says this, no, I'm afraid it don't work that way. You can't let a youngin decide for himself. He'll grab the first flashy thing with shiny rib ribbons on it. Then when he finds out there's a hook in it, it's too late. Wrong ideas come packaged with so much glitter that it's hard to convince them that other things might be better in the long run. All a parent can do is say, wait, and trust me, and try to keep temptation away. I know you parents have felt that before when, when a child wants to say, hey, this stove, hot stove, looks fun to touch. And you go, wait, trust me. 
But God is saying the same thing to us. Ooh, look at this shiny thing. And God's going, trust me, there is something better. Something that will fill that deep hole in your heart in a way that is not going to have a fish hook in it. That's going to grab you and, and pull you in. You think that looks like freedom because it's glittery and flashy. And it's fun and exciting. But watch out for the fish hook. But Jesus is saying if we abide in his word. If we abide in his truth, if we abide in our relationship with him, that's when we can discern what is good and what is bad. And when we discern what is good, we are free to fly. We can be free to, to sail in that parachute behind a boat. We can be free to be who God has created us to be. If we let go of the things that, that have fish hooks in them and hold on to Jesus Christ, that's when we experience our most true freedom. As, as Paul says uh, in Romans, like, yes, we have freedom, but the freedom isn't to do absolutely any, anything, knowing that grace is going to come. He says, shall we go on sinning that grace may abound? He's saying that freedom is, is, is growing closer and closer. Like many of you who are married, the more you get to know your spouse and love your spouse, the more freedom you have in that relationship. You're not like, great, I'm married, now I can do whatever I want. It's, it's that, that tie to that relationship. The more you invest in it, the more freedom you have together to flourish and be who Christ made you to be. And even for us single people, God has made us so that if we, if we rest in Christ, if we say, thy will be done, if it, even if it means years of waiting or, or, or just giving Jesus our broken heart to trust that he will heal it rather than trying to fill our heart with things that aren't of God. That is where our true freedom lies. So how do we get to that freedom? Well, first of all, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it with our own strength. We can't pull ourselves up from our bootstraps. It's all about our relationship with God. Somebody reminded me recently of something that I've talked before, but I forget it so quickly. That we think that God is looking at us with a, with a sense like an old guy beard and a vaguely disappointed look on his face. Like you again? I thought we went over this. But Jesus doesn't look at us that way. He looks at us as his dearly beloved children. He shines his face, the light of his countenance upon us. He shines his face on us and we reflect it back. The more we look at him, the more the light comes from us too because we're reflecting it like the moon reflects the sun. God looks at you in love, not condemnation. Jesus Christ came not to condemn the world but to save the world so that whoever is in him, whoever believes in him, will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus Christ is our freedom. If we attach that cable to the boat, God will set us free to fly the way he created us to do. Brothers and sisters, what are the things that are holding you in bondage? What is the security that you've built up around you that looks like a castle to you, but is actually a prison? Today, we can lay that down and say, Jesus, set me free. He sets us free by the power of his cross and blood. And if we abide in him, we are free indeed. Hi, this is Pastor Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can check out our website at mlepc.org. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. Have a blessed day.